0: In Jesus' name, we're going to have a good time. All right. Let's go to work. You ready? Yeah. Proverbs 4. Now, I've decided because of the molestation of the demons to go at this a little bit differently than I've been addressing matters. And... Uh, I used to be a heavyweight boxer. My daddy was a South, uh, South Pacific champion when he was in the Navy, and he taught me. My uncle was a professional; they were a really good boxer, so I learned a lot from him. I'm, I'm what's called a slugger. I don't have a whole lot of finesse about me, but I can take a lick. And if I ever hit you up in the corner, you better be able to. So that's what we're fixing to do. Jesus. I can take it on the chin, but I sure got a pretty good hook. Jesus. Our work's doing really good, y'all. Uh, we got lots of rain right now. Y'all need it. We got it. <laughs> We've needed it for four and a half years, and I live on the east side, central of Mexico, uh, subtropical, uh, living in a rainforest. It's... Uh, we haven't had any rain in a uh, number of years, four and a half, actually, where we've where've been lots of people die because they didn't have anything to drink. There's been a lot of people killed and murdered over a cup of water. Uh, people wait all night for a drying up well to, to to give them a little bitty muddy water, and you, you don't understand that. You can't comprehend that yet. Um, but I'll tell you you better get on with Jesus. Because you're going to need some prophets and some men of God to touch some rocks one of these days. You're going to need them. You're going to need to know how to touch Jesus so the water will flow. I'm telling you. It's got to happen. Jesus. Jesus. I'm really blessed. We're, We're rolling around thousands a month, new converts in our work. We're uh, pulling down between nine and twelve new churches right now a month. Uh, new these, these. Whenever I say that, you you, your concept of church growth and mine are two different things. What we have to do is go to areas that have never. There's never been anyone to sta- state that Jesus is Lord. There's never been someone there to prepare the way. There's never been forerunners. There's never been. Anyone stating that Jesus is Lord. Okay? So we have to go into these, what we call pioneer areas. Pioneer, meaning exactly what it's pioneer in the gospel area. And if you was to go there, you'd think it was still pioneer like you know Pioneer West. So. And, but, right now the tide is on our side. We, we're It's rolling inlets. And we're just getting everything we want. And that feels good after a number of years of preparing for war to go to war in a way that you actually feel like you're winning because you get so many deluges and fights and that's not to say that're not, there's not a lot of lot of battle because I'm not going to bore you and depress you with all the problems because there's hundreds of them but I am going to incite you excites you and bless you with the victories. Okay? Jesus. I'm a pastor's son. I've been in this thing a long time. Uh, I remember going to church early to get by the window because the big attic fans would pull in just enough as the sun went down to cool you off a little bit. Uh, That was way before air conditioning was out in the country. And, uh, But I went to church in those days and did real well until I was taught. I was held down at public school and taught the lips of women, the ways of devils. Uh, I I was so protected, I didn't didn't know anything about all that stuff. And then whenever I got out there and this thing started happening, it tripped me out pretty bad at first. And then, then I started looking around at the hypocrites in the church. And notice that they were acting like these people that had messed me over. I didn't like that. So I got mad at everything and went away for a while. But the Holy Ghost didn't allow that. He came out there and got me and brought me back. And, uh, and now we've been at this a long time. And we plan on staying. In Jesus name. Look here in Proverbs, let's start at verse, uh, I think it's, uh, Verse 19. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, consent, and submit to my sayings. See that? I mean, from the beginning, God's been trying to talk humanity into obeying him. (laughs) But we always have a better way. And it never works. And that's up. But every generation comes up with their idea of the best way to do it. And God has already provided that way. Look here. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. See, it's, it's important for you to understand the need to keep God's power and word always before you. Every morning, every morning, whether I'm off or not, I'm usually preaching. When I'm in America, I preach about six days a week, most of the time two times a day. When I'm in Mexico, I preach seven days a week, and I take off two days a month. And that could be one to five times a day preaching, depending on what the Holy Ghost is doing. But we never, every morning, I get up with my family every day, every day, we sit together and we read the Word of God together. People say, well, I'm busy. Well, I would just like to put your schedule up against mine and we'll note who's busy. Jesus. I'll compare with anybody. It's called prioritizing things. It's called obeying the Word of God. It's called keeping your heart where the Holy Ghost can use you. It's called keeping it in the center focus of your life so that the power of the gospel can run through you. That's what it's called. They are life. Go back to 21. What is? Let them. uh Uh-oh. Go to 20. My son, attend to my words. Look at that. God's Word is life. That's as simple as He's going to get it. Holy Ghost. All right. I'm going to get you. I'm going to go right out to shoot on the hardest bull I can find and show you that it can be ridden. (laughs) You think it's difficult. I tell you it's not. Your problem is not the problem. Your problem is submitting to Jesus. He'll take care of the problem. Your worry is in a wrong spot. you got to move that to Jesus. you got to move it to the cross. you got to put your heart on the cross, not into your problems. You'll win if you listen to me. If you don't, you'll just keep bouncing down through there and wondering why you can't do it and everybody else can. Problem is, everybody else can't. they fooling you. There's just a few people that are willing to do it. How about that? I've met a few of them. good people. Jesus. Jesus. See, look here. They are alive to those who find them in healing and health to all their flesh keep and guard your heart with diligence all diligence and above all that you guard out of it flow the springs of life see for I don't, did you understand that, that when i guard my heart and do what god says that i can walk into any situation and speak life into it and it will change Wow. See, in most cases, people, when I first start talking to them, think I'm really hooked on me. But the problem is, to get this kind of power to flow, you got to be hooked on something besides a human. (laughs) It's got to be Jesus, man. That's where the power is. That's where the Holy Ghost power is. Do you know that one time I was riding down the road in Guatemala, we was, the, these big mountains there, we was in around 10, 11, foot mountains and we was, we was essing down the thing. I was in a three quarter ton forward diesel. My main steer, steering pin broke half in two on my steering box and we was, Instead of turning hairpin back left, we went straight. And just as the Holy Ghost would let it happen, as the front end jumped off to fall a couple thousand feet, with my whole family in there, and my dog. (laughs) Can't lose my dog. He's important. I had forgotten to take the thing out of four-wheel drive. I believe in lockouts, not automatic four-wheel drive. So when you're off-road, you have to get out and lock them in. Well, sometimes when I get on the highway, I forget to take them out. Well, this is a time ordained of heaven. Because as I swept the gearbox, I hit the first into the reverse, even going forward. And it went into reverse. I hit at the same time low range. And it went into low range, and that was moving. That's not very possible. Sometimes you can do that, but you break stuff. When that thing grabbed, those back tires started barking. Trying to stop that forward motion of that truck because it was gone. I didn't know what happened. I just knew the steering wheel was going, I could spin it and it But the Holy Ghost, in an instant, gave me the right sweep. My hand, it just went perfect. Plop, plop. And I was in gear backing. And the thing stopped. And I didn't know what to do. Because it stalled out. After everything stopped moving, we were still alive. I had both feet on the brakes. Front tires are spinning in the air. So I re-cranked the motor, told my wife, I said, <clears throat> breathe softly. <laughs> and this, this, you gotta understand, we got a three-quarter ton, these, these diesels are super heavy engines, flat down on the ground. And when I dumped that clutch, that truck leaped back onto the highway. And we were saved. And that's something. Yeah. But you see, that's not possible. There was these big boys standing out there holding that thing. And they gave it a little shove. And we were spared. When I got out from out there and looked at that thing it was cracked half and two, it was at least, it was right at a, it was over an inch and three-eighths, I think it was about a, uh, right under an inch and a half, that shaft, in a, in a soft turn to the left, I was like, I heard a thing. It broke half into you. demon tried to kill us. But Jesus, because of our heart, saved us. Is that not true, myself? Jesus. It's amazing. I find stuff like that amazing. We're gonna keep our heart. We're gonna guard our heart. We're gonna, we're gonna watch over it, okay? And I'm gonna show you something over here. Go over to Judges. Here we go. Because what we're fixing to do right here, I would say that most of you are in the same situation or close. Some of the things I'm fixing to tell you, you're going to relate to in a serious way. Other ones you're going to look at me like, what'd you say? Jesus. Cause there comes a time when your knowledge is going to fail you. I, I'm telling you, I know you Americans, y'all are so independent. It's, it's great. Your freedom has made you so stubborn and independent and uh, nobody can stop you. And that's true. Except yourself. How about that? I'm getting my weapon out now. Look how bright and orange this thing is. Jesus. Fire in this house, Holy Ghost. Judges chapter 6. Once fixing to happen, here's something good. Because I got myself in a, into a situation over in Mexico a while back where one of my ministers, he came up there and to me and some other guys and he had a problem. And I troubleshoot now more than I do anything else. I go to church three or four hours early and pastors come in from all over the mountains and I just sit by a tree in the shade with my Bible and they give me this serious problem and I just quote scripture to them. Since I've been in Mexico, I don't talk about you in America. They don't know anything about you. I don't talk about clothes and fads that y'all are in and out of. That's not what people need. I have never made a mistake with these people in 25 years. Every time I go to the village, I talk about Jesus everything, every problem they've ever brought to me, Jesus can fix it. And guess what? He always has. Jesus is not a secondary like you keep Him. He's primary to us. We don't have secondary fallback. After you've eliminated your options, then you turn to Jesus. Jesus is our only option. How about that? I have meticulously fought visitors, people I work with, to make sure that if Jesus comes back in the morning, we can hand Him a pure work. (laughs) Not defiled by anything that we know is. That's not to say we're perfect. That's a laugh. But Jesus is perfect. If I can keep giving him Jesus, I can, I can eventually give him perfection. Can I? This guy walks up to me and he says to me, brother David, we need, uh, we need to talk. We got a serious problem. Said, okay. What's the problem? Hold your finger and judge us. We ain't read there. We're going over somewhere else already. Jesus. We'll get back there directly. Yep. Mark 8. Cause I gotta tell you this. I wanna tell you this story. I, I think you need to hear this story. About God's power. It's above and beyond anything you can conceive. Cause I know y'all, y'all are are gonna understand a lot, what I'm fixing to tell you. And and your mind is going to trip. I want you from the beginning to be blown. Slam away. (laughs) I want you to be. So I'll sit over in that air-conditioned room while I go thinking, what I can do to get you? Ice, water, oh, that's good. Jesus. Esperando el fuego de Dios. Waiting for the fire of God. Holy Ghost. And This young man, he says to me, he says, "Brother David, you come in there. You free, y'all have preached the gospel. We, we have received the gospel. We believe it. The gospel is the truth. We, we want the gospel. We're not saying there's anything wrong with it, but we're just saying that they're gonna, they're gonna come and kill us pretty soon, and we want to know what the right thing is to do." So when somebody walks up to you and they tells you they're fixing to be martyred for the gospel. What do you tell What's the right thing to tell him? Jesus.
1: Jesus.
0: So as we sat and looked at that guy, I I don't have a physical, I don't have a thing to tell him. I don't have counsel for him. I don't have a word for him. And I'm not going to let you give him one either. You don't have one either. Even though I know you Americans, as long as the problem's not touching you, you know everything. Jesus. I'm on you. And I ain't getting off. Go so listen. I know why I'm here. I'm not here to be a friend. I'm here for the power of God. That doesn't make me sad. That makes me very glad. I'm glad that for 27 years we have sought the Lord together and that God has answered our prayers now and that He is with us and that the anointing is the most valuable thing that we possess in our family. I know that to be true. I protect it and won't allow anybody to mess with it. I have hundreds of people. Every day my office phone rings off. i got to come learn. And my answer to everybody is no. No. Read your Bible. Pray and fast. You get it just like I did. Now, what's the matter with you? There's nothing wrong with me. I think something's wrong with you. I think you're always looking for a shortcut. I think you're always looking to go down to McDonald's and get it in just a second or two and have it chill way, baby. And I don't agree with that. Neither does God. I believe the hard way is the right way. I believe the slow trail is God's on it. Because broad is the way and wide is the way that leads to destruction. Jesus. But you want the path of least resistance. Because it's easier to your flesh. If there's two trails in front of me and the whole have a hundred thousand Indians following me. I look at the hardest one, and that's the one we take. Every time. My God, man. What's wrong with you, Jesus? Ability to raise the dead, that's what's wrong with me. Watching dead people get up, that has changed me. Watching limbs grow out where there are nubs before, that has changed me. Watching eyeballs fall into sockets when there wasn't any. Watching people see out of sockets with no eyeball—that changing, you, you know. Jesus, watching the finger of God—that'll change you. Jesus. I told his brother, I said, "I got one thing." To you. I reached and dug in my bi- my backpack, got my Bible out. I said, "I'm going to read something to you." And this is what I read to him. Here we go. Jesus. Jesus, Lord, Mark 8, 34. And Jesus called to him the throng with his disciples and said, If anyone intends to come after me, is that your intention? To follow Jesus? It's mine too. Then I'm going to have to do a few things here. Deny myself. There, that doesn't mean I have to give up all my clothes and things. That means I have to deny myself. Lusts of the flesh. The pride of life and lust of the eyes. That's what that means. The Bible says, Jesus, if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Uh oh. Take up your cross, join me in disciple, as a disciple, siding with my, par- my party. Follow with me continually, cleaving steadfastly to me. Whoever wants to save his higher spiritual life will lose it, the lower natural temporal life, which is lived only on earth. And whoever gives up his life, which is lived on this earth, for my sake and the gospels, will save it, his higher spiritual life and eternal kingdom of God. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life in the eternal kingdom of God? What can a man give as an exchange, a compensation, a ransom in return for his blessed life in the eternal kingdom of God? (laughs) Woo! Whoever is ashamed, uh uh-oh, here and now of me and my words in this adulterous, unfaithful, Oh, a preeminently sinful generation of Him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when He comes in glory, splendor, and majesty of His Father and the holy angels. That's what I read the man. Well, got to be some mean. I wasn't the one, I was just reading the other guy that quoted it. He was the guy being mean. His name was Jesus. But I'll tell you, if you will guard your heart, Keep the words of the Lord. Obey Jesus. He liable to back you up when you need it. Been known to do that, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's been known to intervene in natural disaster and pull people right out of the jaws of death and death go by slamming. He my Bible, put it up. He said, what else you got to say? I said, I don't have anything else to say. I read you what I got to say. And that's all I'm going to tell you, my brother. All I know is I love you, and I'm going to follow Jesus. You do what you have to do. He said, okay. I said, i prove proved my love. I've been shot, beat, stoned, clubbed, whipped, left for dead many times. But Jesus never did let me die. He always let Miss Hogan patch me back up. <laughs> Jesus. Isn't that true, Miss Hogan? <laughs> and somehow I just stay alive. I don't know how it is. Other people give up with a lot less. Probably. I, I don't see any reason to give up. That's ridiculous. Go for it. Just do it. <laughs> Sheesh. Jesus. Oh, we better get back here to Judges. Okay. Because see, there's not one of us in here thinks when it comes right down pushing the shoving. I don't know if there's a whole lot of you in here that really understand if God will really do what He said He would in His book. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I've been through it thousands of times and every time He'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have to be as aggressive as you. I don't care how you are. I don't. I'll be ever how you want to be. And when push and shove comes, we'll see who's right. Because well, it's coming. It's on the way. Everybody's life's got to live with that pushing and shoving. Business. Well, the day came. These guys were there at their little church, and this. this this little preacher—he ain't been born again long. He's really not even a preacher yet. He's still a just a, what we call a leader of work. He's not a what we call a leader of work. He's not a pastor yet, but but yet he is leading the flock. He's gone back and read the verses to him. What else did Brother David say? Nothing. That's what he said. That's it. Okay. This fella comes, bring him say okay. Y'all come out here. They all left their little church, went outside. Whoo! Good crowd out there. It's two hundred men standing there with arms, firearm. They got rifles, shotguns, pistols. You name it, they got it. And they sitting there. Mad. What they mad at? What you take for granted. Your love for Jesus that nobody contests in this country. And if they do, you can sue them and win. (laughs) Because you have rights. Well, we don't. We have Jesus. The only right we've got is to bow to Him as Lord and Savior. And that has to work. Otherwise we lose. Fellow walks up to the head man, my little leader man, young guy in the Lord, puts a 45 semi-automatic pistol right to his head. You will deny Jesus. He said, no sir, I'm not going to. I will follow Jesus. You do what you have to do. Jesus is Lord of my life. That guy went down through there. There were 16 men standing there. He went to every man. Same exact answer came out of every man's mouth. Man, that's a blessing. Whew. But the problem increases. Because standing right behind those men are their wives. And that man stepped down the line and put the gun up to the leader's wife's head. Now we intensified the problem a little bit. He gets a little bit harder now. You will deny Jesus, young woman, or you will die. She said, I'll have to die. I will deny Jesus. Deny Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. Every woman stood ground. Well, impressive. But that's not all. Because standing behind them are the children of age. That maniac with that pistol Went back there to every child in that group that's of age. Put that pistol on that on the temple of the child. You will deny Jesus. Every child said, "No way! I stand with Jesus." Isn't that something, my. my. Impressive. No, what's impressive is fixing to come. Cause the guy with the gun is the uncle of the pastor. It's not somebody from another country that's been brought in to eradicate Christians. This is family. And that's something. You will deny Jesus. I will not deny Jesus. Then he lined up 200 men. Apunta te! Fuego! Fire. And they fired. Christians are standing in rank. Demons are standing in rank. But the demons have the heaviest firepower. They got firearms. And every one of them fired. Every magazine, every clip emptied. Hundreds of rounds of shells fired. Smoke is everywhere. Fire belching out of gun barrels. Oh, it's a horrible thing. But then, the smoke lifts. Let me tell you something about the demon. He's going to come in there. He's going to shoot you with his best gun. But in a minute, it's inevitable the smoke will lift. And it's what happened in the fight that matters. And here's what happened. The smoke lifted. And every Christian was standing unharmed. Come
1: on! Come on! Jesus yeah.
0: come on holy ghost man that's impossible yeah I know I could I could hardly wait to ask all these questions to the pastor that's going through your minds right now How? What? He told me it was like being in a hailstorm, but never getting hit by the hail. The thunder coming out of those barrels were, it was deafening to the ears. The fire, the smell of gunpowder, the the fear, the, the Holy Ghost. Every man, woman, and child held their ground. And every man, woman, and child was spared by the blood of Jesus. I tell you, it matters if you put Jesus first. It matters if you stand your ground for the Holy Ghost. Jesus. What kind of power is that? What kind of awesome God is that? Man, we're it, coming up on the twenty first century. What's going on here? Jesus is what's going on here. Shiate <laughs> That's what's going on here. Jesus is. Holy Ghost. (laughs) Jesus. A footnote at the bottom of that story. Because it's inevitable. One of these days it's going to be in a book. But it won't have David Hogan's name on it. Somebody else will write it. But here's a footnote for you. 50 of the 200 killers are now born again part of that church. (laughs) Holy Ghost! Jesus! Oh yeah, and all their wives and kids too. Church is huge now. Jesus, every service people get born again there. Knowing that it's gonna cost them their life. That's all right. We're talking about heaven here. Now I want to read something to you in Judges chapter six. Is that all right if we start out with just making your eyelids open up? Because some of us are getting heavy, I was noticing. Now they're open big and wow, and Jesus is amazing and ooh, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Judges 6, 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree at Orpha, which belonged to Joash. And his son Gideon was beating wheat.
1: <laughs>
0: I love this. I have to tell you, I love this. Because most American Christians are doing what Gideon was doing. In that verse right there. You're trying to get some wheat, but you're hiding doing it. You're trying to get some cosecha. <laughs> cosecha? Harvest. But see, when you leave these, these, this domain here, and, and you're so energetic in here, when you get out there, you hide. But you still try to get some wheat out. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, watch what happens here. That angel goes over yonder and he sits down by a tree and he's watching Gideon. <laughs> Do you understand that that one angel had enough power to destroy anything that would come against the East, uh, Israel? Sorry, my Spanish is mixing me up here. I apologize. It's blocking me. <laughs> That's alright. I got my interpreter there's probably some more in here too. Watch. He was beating wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. Most of you are good people. Did you hear me say that? Hello? I know that. You are awesome people. But you still live intimidated by the demon. You are part of the kingdom of God. You know of God's awesome powers. It's been rehearsed in your ears. You've seen it to a degree. But when you step out yonder, you hide in the wine press, even though you're still trying to get some harvest in. This is true. Yes and amen. And we're going to get over it. And we're going to start tonight. I'm telling you, we are. Yeah. Come on. Come on. But you are too radical. Hogan, you don't be like me. Don't worry about me. You be like you. You just follow the Holy Ghost. And then next thing you know, they'll be calling you radical. I didn't start out to be a radical human being. I didn't want to go across grain on everything against the strife. That's not my point in life. My point in life is to follow Jesus and hate the devil. And I'm trying to do that. I'm almost there. I will succeed in Jesus name. Cause our viewpoints are different. Y'all already know that. So my estimation of me and your estimation of me are two different things. Categories completely miles apart. Now watch, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, said, Hey, now look what, look what he said. Now, do you understand Gideon's head? But look what this angel said. See how you view you and how the devil's telling you you are is different than how the Holy Ghost views you. Jesus. See I have to take people who have been in slavery for 600 years And make them into God's exceptional warriors. That's what I do for a living. And I like it. When I get them, they won't even look you in the eyes. Men or women, anybody. It's like this. When they come and they first look at me, this is how they do it. All of them. It could be thousands of them. They'll just stand there like that. But after I've talked to him a little while, that's all I'm doing is you just talking. (laughs) Something starts happening to him. They turn into warriors of God. Look what this, look what this angel said. He says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. Wait a minute, wait a minute. minute. Hold on. Somebody made a mistake. You reckon it's God? Did God make a mistake? Well, then Gideon must be living in a mistake. He had over there behind the wine press, trying to beat out a little bit of grain so his family can eat. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. I'm telling you, the power of God's in you by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you you are free. <laughs> Do you know there's a few thousand people that believe me where I live now? Do you know they'll bite the end off of a gun barrel to die for Jesus? <laughs> oh where they learned that, Miss Hogan. <laughs> I've left my teeth prints on a few of them. I just I just don't like it. Well, you'll pull that gun up. Don't talk. Let's get after it. If your God's got it, I want to see it. Don't sit there and chant at me if you're a witch doctor. Let's throw down fire. Come on. I got it. I got to break in there and say something to you. I, 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 I never know when the demon's coming. I have to tell you, I'm always safety off,
1: ready. Oh, yeah.
0: On these Holy Ghost nukes we got, mine are unkeyed and open. It just takes... You must be rough to live with. No, I don't think so. They love me a pretty good bit. Yeah. See, I was in the market. Where I live, everything, your market, food for less or more or whatever you call them places. Y'all go, y'all got different kinds of supermarkets out here. I'm not used to y'all's names yet. I went in and I'm looking around. Y'all got just as much food out here as everybody else does all over the whole country. Overstocked, everything to make you fat and lazy, just, I mean, it's just amazing.
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. Ours ain't that way. You gotta go and whatever's in season, that's what you buy. And it's all open-air markets, so you walk in there. <laughs> they did put a Sam's down there close to us now, a couple of hours away. We're... Walmart Supercenter. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Jesus. When I found out was building that super center, I told my men, just look at the work list for the next few months. It'll be deeper in the woods. I'm going to run you deeper, away from that thing. Jesus. I was up, yonder, and my wife wanted, I don't remember what they bit was going to make some cookies. I don't remember what it was. But there was this particular kind of butter she wanted. It was, it, you just can't find it. So I'm up in yonder, trying. I don't remember what she wanted it for, but I, so I'm looking for it, and I'm talking to this merchant. He and I, he's not born again, but he's, he likes me. He's a good friend. And we was talking, and this individual walks up. And I knew he was there, because I could see him out of the side. And he didn't seem friendly, but I was ignoring him. Because, look, do you understand, for heaven's sakes, I'm buying a stick of butter. I don't want to fight with a principality. I just want a stick of butter. I mean, come on. Do you know sometimes you're not going to get that stick of butter? You go fight. So get what do What you want? Oh, this guy! I didn't know who he was. He was pretty though. He was he had a real tight, about three inch afro, real tight, pretty, handsome, really educated guy. Just coming on me, cursing and fuming and. Calling curses from the devil on me. And I'm just, I'm sitting here with a bolsa. Bag. In my hand, right. And it's got groceries for the house in it. It will have a Bible in it it's got bananas and meat and oil apples you know stuff we all like ain't nothing in there gonna run no demon on set my bag down and I just waited I'm sitting there just watching this guy cause he's pretty and he's smart He's very well dressed. He's overdressed for this area. I guess he'd been looking for me. I guess he found me. Since I'm the only American in a hundred miles, that's probably easy to do. And he had drawn, because everybody knew who he was, we've got several hundred people in the market come right now. And I mean, they're jeering me and taunting me and carrying on. Ah. Oh, He made me mad. Because he called me some stuff that I'm just not. And it made me mad. I wish I could be as spiritual as y'all and just love him, praise the Lord. if you could be real and understand that you're a human just like I am
1: <sighs>
0: and that stick of butter just ain't going to work <laughs> so it happened he finally ran out of words I said okay this is what we're going to do you draw the crowd you curse me with your gods you curse me with your foul mouth now this is what we're going to do. We're going to put up a shut up. You go to hell. I ain't backing down from you. My God's bigger than your God. Let me tell you what your God can't do. Your God is a false God, and I call you a false prophet. Your God can't raise the dead. Mine just got through. Name the village for it. Your God can't open the blinded eyes. Mine just did. Your God can't, can't grow limbs out. Mine just did. Gave him names and village. By the time I was through, he was pretty well... Word whooped. I said, but that ain't what we're going to do. I'm not here to debate with you. You want to fight? I command you and your God to produce me a chicken, an elephant. I don't care what you produce. And I give you my word. My God will produce one, two of them, and they'll kill yours. I said, let's do it. You want me? Let's go! <laughs> well, I ashamed him, and that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> and he was disappointed highly. But I wasn't. I was irate. I was, I was bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> I said, now, come on. You've hunted me out. You have found me. You have disgraced me in front of all these people. You've told me a bunch of things that's not true. Now I want to see the power of your God. Because I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You made one mistake. You didn't take into consideration the anointing of God in my life. And the Bible says you cannot touch God's anointed, And you have. You are a dead man. He started trembling. And ran. The crowd was it all. It was their champion. I wasn't there to humiliate the man, I was there to buy my wife a stick of butter. I gathered up my bolsa, bag. I walked through the crowd. I wouldn't look at her. cause I wasn't there to ridicule people and to make an open show and to. That's not what I'm there for. I'm there for souls. You understand? Even though we have these Elijah and prophets the bail confrontations, at least one or two a year. Every it's always happening to me, always. And so I went home and told my wife about it and gave her her melted butter. You know what? A few days later, I'm sitting there. I'm underneath my truck. I got on these coveralls. I had a bear, or uh, uh, an the Equis? Who can tell me what EKIS is? Uh, yeah, I know that. It's, but it's on, it's, uh, what hooks up the drive shaft? Come on. U-joint! Oh, Lord, what's happening to me? Had a U-joint go out. So I'm underneath the truck out here in this 110, 15-degree weather. Sweating, great grease all over me. I'm banging and fussing and hurting my knuckles. And I hate the mechanic, but I have to all the time. And so then, I'm just about to get it. And I notice this truck drive up. A really brand new, nice Chevrolet. Right off, we was in trouble.
1: <laughs> it been a
0: Ford, would have been all right. And <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Then I saw these really expensive leather shoes slide out from that Chevrolet truck. So I'm laying out there, you know, dripping sweat. And legs are sticking out. I thought, oh my God, he's unseen me. These trousers he had on were just perfect. I wonder who that is come out in these woods up in here with me. I crawled out of my truck and when I got out on that truck, who do you think it was? It was the warlock. He was pretty. I said, what do you want with me, boy? You don't come to my house. He said, they told me I could find you underneath that truck. I said, they told you right. i do ought to tell you lots of stuff. One of them is you don't leave me, you don't leave me alone. That's right. And that's starting right now. You ain't never coming back to this house, boy. Ever. Don't come back here no more. It's the wrong place for you to hang out. He said, hold on a minute. I've been considering what you told me. I don't like the options. I think I want your God.
1: Jesus!
0: Jesus. So I went over and sat in his nice air conditioned Chevrolet truck. And we talked about Jesus for an hour or so and he got born again. Holy Ghost. I like winning. Don't you? Sure does feel good, don't I? All right, back to this, because we got to hurry. i got to get out of here. It's getting late. All right, where was we at? Oh, yeah. Verse 13. Gideon said to him, Sir, if the Lord is with us... Now, this... See, the stories I'm telling you and what I'm describing to you are a long ways apart. But what you gotta understand is God sees you behind the wine press. He knows you fear the Midianites. He knows that. But what he Because you the angel comes, a guy like me comes along, we sit there and talk to you, and you say these exact I get this asked to me everywhere. I go. This same question's right here. What? why is all this befallen us? What? I love Jesus, Brother David. Uh, Man, but man, all these problems, all these things. Welcome to life. What can I say? Cry, baby. I I mean, come on. I mean, you are not an afraid loser. You are not that. You are a winner. You are a mighty man or woman of valor in God. That's what you're made to be. That is your destiny. And the demon is ripping you off and hiding you behind the wine press over there. You are getting a little bit of harvest in, but it is the will of God come out behind that wine press and stand your ground right in front of that midnight camp and say, Cristo vive. Long live Jesus. Yahoo. It says right here in my Bible. (laughs) Second question. Where are all his wondrous works of which our fathers told us? Did not God bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and has given us into the hand of the Medians. See, that's easy for you to say. Let me just rebuke you quite stiffly. You are not forsaken. You are irresponsible. And there's a lot of difference in an irresponsible person and somebody that's forsaken. You have the treasures of heaven on you. You have the mighty gifts of God in your hands. And you feel like you are forsaken. That's because you hide behind the wine press, and that's not the place for the mighty man of God to be. Jesus. Jesus? <laughs> I know I'm right. That's really fun to me. Well, God spoke this to me. I know I'm right. Son, there's got to be a reason why thousands, millions of people say they're born again and love Jesus, but we can't do nothing against the devil. You hidden somewhere. Now you old chicken, we gotta do something. I don't like you talking to me like that. Get over it, (laughs) cause it's the truth. Well, I like my life. I, you know, that's great, but that's not what God called you to. We gotta change. Starting now is good. We're not going to wait till next week. We're going to do it before the Labor Day blitz. Blitz to Labor Day. Whatever it is you said. Jesus. Look what he said to him in verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in your might. I mean, it's just like he didn't even hear what Gideon was saying to him. You're going to go in your might and you're going to save Israel by the, from the hand of the Medians. Haven't I sent you, boy? And Gideon's sitting there just scratching his head. Look at this guy. This guy came here, I don't guess. We're in a bind here. And this guy's telling me that I'm some kind of mighty warrior. Hey, you are. You are blessed. You are filled with the powers of God. There is no generation been ever ever been like y'all. Ever. There is no generation that's had the knowledge, the technology, the ability, the money, the manpower. And you still feel like you can't get the job done. You know what? You're never all going to feel like you can. you got to rise up and look at heaven and say, I'm following you no matter what it looks like. Gideon said to him, Oh Lord, look, how can I deliver Israel? Look, look at this. <laughs> I've heard this, okay, tell you the time. What what's these excuses? He loved hiding behind the wine press. It was irritating him that God interrupted his irresponsibility. <laughs> oh man. God was rocking his boat and he was hostile about it. Oh, Lord, how can I... Do? Look at me. Look at my clan. We're the poorest. In the, in the smallest tribe. And I'm the youngest. Hello. You made a mistake. <laughs> I reckon God's computers don't go on the blink. Y'all are the only ones that create Y2K. God don't have that problem.
1: <laughs>
0: Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. So that's why I'm not worried about it. You be worried about it. I'm not going to. Y'all don't worry enough for all of us. <laughs> the Lord said to him, Look at this, third time. I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. <laughs> Hello. That's how many men you're talking to here. Listen. See, one of the things our ministry is famous for is submarine trucks. I've driven up. I ain't going to tell you what kind of truck it was. Because it'll disappoint some of you. Is there anything
1: else? And, anyway.
0: you right. And so, we're sitting there, and I look at the brothers. Because when we went to church, it was a dry riverbed. Put on the way home, the monsoons caught us, and it rained for five hours. And now it's as far as you can see in the lights, you can't see the other side of the water. And I remember full well there being a river there. Now, how are we going to get across that? Well, that's what they make low range for. So you get a good view going slow of all the fish (laughs) the problem here is this you wouldn't drive in the river and the greater problem is I will why we spend the night in a truck and it's uncomfortable but we're all alive man do I look like I'm dead up here hello the problem is that woman in that checkered vest right there is on the other side. That's enough reason. That's enough. Enough said. But did God not speak to you? No. Miss Hogan's over there. I'm gonna go see her. Well, wait a minute. That is a carnal fault, maybe. What is enough for me? I looked around at my brothers, I said, hey guys, make a just a quick suggestion, get out. Because I'm going in. Wait a minute, Brother David, wait a minute, Why are you going to do that for?
1: Because my
0: wife's on the other side, I'm going home. Yeah, but you know, we can camp out here a couple of days, this thing will go down, you know, and, you know, or in the daylight we can swim it and leave the truck and come back and get it. All them, re- they're very, they're very good reasons. They are very good things. They are very good words. But what we're gonna do if our name is Moses and we got our back to the Red Sea and an Egyptian hoster in front of us? Go give ourselves up. Throw our mercy on them. They got no mercy. They've held you in slavery for four hundred and fifty years. How much you want more? When you gonna get enough, church? When you gonna believe that God's word is a staff that'll never let you down? Do you, do you understand that? I told them that in the truck. I told them they could get out and wait. That's fine with me. I won't, I won't think any less of them. But I put that thing in low range, low gear, tacked it up to 3,000 and jumped in. (laughs) Normally what happens is the truck floats. I've done this lots. It, it floats down. You sink. Um, Listen, now, this happens. What I'm fixing to tell you happens. Submarine truck, number one. (laughs) We started going. Went down, lost my lights. It gets dark. Then you're underwater. Things get quiet. Then you start hearing the boulders rolling. (sighs) Then all of a sudden it dawns on you, What about tree trunks? But it's too late. You are committed. Do you know that there's not enough oxygen under the hood of a truck to run a motor? Do you know it takes oxygen and gasoline instead of water to run a truck? (laughs) Did you know that a hot engine, when you go into a a deep enough puddle of water, the fan blade will knock it? Back then we still had distributors. Throws that water up on that distributor... There you go, you lose your electricity, boom, you lose your engine, boom, you're dead dead meat. But that didn't happen. My motor stayed at 3,000, never even, I mean, didn't even quiver. We went over a couple of good-sized rocks, too. We went down, 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 flat, 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 up, 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 and finally I broke out the other side. Under the river. And that's over the top of the truck. I'm telling you, the reason I'm so aggressive with you is because I've watched God do things that's not possible. The reason I stand up here and have the gall to test your intelligence is because I'm telling you the truth. The power of God is real. Where is God's wonders? I'm telling you about it. Get out behind the wine press and you'll find them yourself. God's power is for you. He killed His boy. He raised him from the dead. So you can have power. So you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. So you can drive under the river if you have to. Look what this says. I am the poorest, smallest tribe, least in my father's house. Well, The the angel looked right back at him in verse 16. But you're going to kill everybody. Don't worry about it. God does understand how you feel. But there's no excuse for irresponsibility. We've got to stand for righteousness. You want this part of your, your country and state born again? You're going to have to march as an army, as a unit, as one man. And you can. The Midianites will be destroyed. Whatever their name is. Name, it doesn't matter disease. Opposition, it will be taken out by the Holy Ghost. One of my lead pastors, a little boy, this is an awesome, amazing thing, his little boy, because see, we preach the gospel where I live. Everybody's got a job. they got to pr- provide food for their families because we don't pay our pastors. We don't have sufficient funds to pay everybody and give them a salary. And They've got to work for a living like you do. Hello! And still pastor five churches. <laughs> so we've come up with a system. And one of them is the whole family has to work. That's normal life where I live. Everybody works. The pastor, my friend, Alejandro, he's gone off. He didn't, he didn't just leave his family He's gone off to preach the gospel. He'll be gone a couple of days. His son, nine years old. Same age as Luis. Luis is ten now. Same size. Little bit the Indian, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is going to get you. Put his daddy's machete on. Got his daddy's ropes. Got to go get firewood. Because they don't have... One-touch gin airs.
1: <laughs>
0: they don't have clean heat. They don't have that stuff. They got wood, and you got to go get it. You got to collect it. You have to walk a long ways in the woods. And this little boy went out to his daddy's milpa. He's out there. Just like his daddy taught him since so he could walk, actually. He's cutting that wood because he's got to have a royo of firewood. And you know, a, a, a rollo... The, the little nine-year-old boy can carry it, it. Ain't gonna last you that long, but it'll get you through at least one or two meals, you know. So he cut that wood just like his daddy. Daddy had that wood dry out there. He chopped it, cut it in little sticks, put it in a, in a in a in a bundle, tied it up, put that machete in that in that sheath in the middle, just like his daddy taught him. Set it over there on a rock, got it under that load, just like his daddy. Put that leather band around his neck, put that wood on his back, was walking back to the house little nine-year-old boy. He's walking. Stamina of a little nine-year-old boy ain't the same as like Luis and me. I mean, I can carry more wood and last longer than he can. But he's going to try it because he watches his daddy. Yeah. The difference is this little boy has to do it or they go hungry because his daddy's gone preach the gospel. Along the way, the fatigue caught him a little bit. He stumped his foot on a rock. And when he did that, it shifted that load on his back. And when that happened, that secure knife, machete, slid out of that sheath, butt down, point up. And the momentum of the load put that knife right through my little boy. Well, that's not really my little boy, but he is. I consider him as mine. He's like my grandson. Let's just put it like that. And he's laying in a trail, quivering. Knife stuck, slammed through it. Who's sinned? That's your first thought. Because you're an American. Judgmental, independent thing, you. You know too much. You have it too easy when your first thought if somebody's in sin, could be somebody's right. Could be there's a demon that hates us. Could be we're serving Jesus and the demon's lying to us. Jesus. What about that? Woo! Holy Ghost fire on you. In Jesus' name. Well, about 45 minutes later, I guess they figured it out. Uncle of the boy comes along, who happens to be an elder in one of our churches. Hallelujah. Pulled the knife out. Threw it on the ground. Picked up the boy. Walked back that 40 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour back to the village. The little boy is hemorrhaging and going into a coma. Gets home, he lays that little boy out on the thing. The mama's just sitting there. What are we going to do? Alejandro's off preaching. I'll take him to the clinic in Wehutla where Brother David lives. Well, I don't have any money. We won't worry about money. We'll trust Jesus. We've got no alternatives. (laughs) (laughs) So he gathers up this little boy that's in a coma, leaked all inside, organs all lacerated and cut. Two hours to the highway. Stands there and stands there as vehicle after vehicle goes by. Finally a bus stops, picks him up, carries him to my town, he walked to my house. Bangs on the gate. All he got was my big Catahoula Cur. My hog dog. He's big. J.J.'s his name. Don't mess with J.J.J. I wouldn't advise it. J.J.'s pounding that gate. What do you want? Oh. He's wondering where I'm at. Where do you think I'm at? Preaching the gospel. Doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So he went to another friend, uh, uh, another guy that works with me there. He's gone too. He's gone preaching the gospel. So then he goes to the clinic, lays the little boy down, doctor comes in. It's a, it's a female doctor. She observes him, looks him, checks him out, says, can't do a thing for him here. He's gonna die. You gotta rush him to a bigger hospital and it's hours away. Gotta put him in an ambulance. The old man said, hold on a minute, we ain't got no money, sorry, we're Indians, hello, we don't have any way of getting any money for you. She said, you don't worry about that, God intervened, you don't worry about that. She wrote a check, gave it to that ambulance driver, he went and filled up his thing and away they went. She had papers give it to them people, them them uh, emergency people's up in there trying to revive this kid, keep him going. Along the highway, the uncle's up in there along the highway. The daddy, they go and sit runners. Daddy comes out of the woods. They pick daddy up. Daddy's praying in tongues. Have mercy, Holy Ghost. Have mercy, Holy Ghost. He died. <laughs> I don't like it, boy. Oh, oh boy. I don't like it. Little boy dies. Right in his daddy's arms. Calling on the name of Jesus. (laughs) Begging for mercy. Because he was doing right. (laughs) That don't give you any rights, no more it does me. Mercy isn't established because of your works. It's established because of the grace of God Almighty. You don't strap no work trip on me. I'll give you a bigger (laughs) one. Your works perish with you. We gotta have faith in the mercy of God. It's available. It's available. We can win this war. Do you understand? They just kept praying. After a while, that little boy's eyes came back open. It was over an hour later. He just started talking. Daddy said, calm down, man. You know, the, the nurses up in there was tripping out. I mean, they're tripping out. Calm this boy down. And this boy's sitting there saying, no way. No way. I'm not calming down. I got to tell you about Jesus. You ready for this? Now you got this little old boy. Very, very serious problem. Disaster of life has happened. Cut through and through, organ sliced. (laughs) Here's his story. Because I held him in my lap and let him tell me himself. (laughs) He was hugging me and telling me... (laughs) Watch this. Thank you for bringing Jesus to my family, Brother David. Because I would have been a dead boy. I would have went to hell. But your gospel is powerful, Brother David. <laughs> you believe a lie. I'm not. I can believe the truth. So be it. la sangre de so be it by the blood of Jesus. He was hiking his trail. He was in a coma, right? He saw himself. He thought he was in a cafetal, uh, coffee plantation, hiking. And it got real steep. He couldn't do it no more. He said, Brother David, it was the most beautiful cafetal I'd ever been in. It was more beautiful than my daddy's. He said, I got so tired. And there was a little curve in the trail, and I couldn't hardly make it. He was—he was dead. So he was, yeah, yeah, meekies. Yeah, he was dead. He went around a curve, and there was this fella sitting on a big rock, waiting on him. Can I read to you who the fella was? Y'all tired and bored yet? Y'all all right? You, you okay? Oh, right, well, let me read this to you right quick. Y'all can hold your fingers there, and where are we? judges i let read over in Revelation chapter 1 to you because he explained to me, a nine-year-old boy, explained to me the same exact Jesus that John the Revelator saw. Revelations 1.13, it says, In the midst of the, of, of the lampstands one like the Son of Man, clothed with a robe which reached to his feet with a girdle of gold about his breasts. Verse 14, His head and his hair were white as wool, As white as snow, his eyes flashed like a flame of fire. His feet glowed like burnished bronze in the furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. That little boy sat there and described word for word, Revelations chapter 1, verse 13, 14, 15 to me, and he can't even read. And he'd never seen Jesus before. You don't know what Jesus did? Jesus stood up, and when he did, that kid was astounded at him. He said, Brother David, he's much bigger than you are. Yeah. He took his robe, and he wrapped it around that kid, and picked him up and carried him up that mountain. <laughs> my God, my Jesus is real. I, I, look, <laughs> you got to understand, I'm serving a live God. Your God might be dead. But mine's alive, man. I'm telling you,
1: he's alive. <laughs>
0: <sighs> See, I can feel power, Brother David. <laughs> it's here, my brother. My God, man. It's so nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, we got to get back over here. I gotta finish this. Oh yeah, let me close all this up so we so I don't keep looking at this stuff. Stop it! You gotta understand, I got over a thousand miracles written in here, and it's just hard to stop talking to them about. To it. you, it's just. I want to tell you all of them. They're so powerful. And that little boy was just telling his daddy all about Jesus. Just bouncing, man. Bouncing in that ambulance, <laughs> He's just bouncing, talking about Jesus, blah blah and them nurses are tripping, just tripping. They trying to restrain him. I mean, they're they're just tripping out. Finally they get to the hospital. They jerk that kid out of that thing. They rush him into the emergency room. They give the doctor all the papers. He comes out there, I mean this doctor is pitching a fit. Where's this kid on these papers? Well, you got it. No! He threw those papers down, started cursing, and stormed off. They found out. That doctor went in there and started observing this kid. And it was like as if nothing ever happened before. He was healed.
1: Healed,
0: raised from the dead, and healed of wounds made by a man-made object, caused by a mistake. All of his organs were intact. I said, what? I said, show me. He pulled his shirt up and there was one slit where that knife had gone in. I said, oh, Jesus loves us, son. He hugged me He said, thank you for the gospel, brother David. See, you may think you need to hide behind the wine press. I think you need to come out from there and win. That's what I think. I think this powerful fire of the Holy Ghost is for everyone. Look what the Bible says. I'm going to quit with this. I'm going to read it just right down in. So Gideon said to him, now, if I have found favor in your sight, show me a sign. Don't leave here, I'm going to get something to eat. That's verse uh, 18. So he bring him an offering. He said, I'll wait for you to return. So Gideon ran in there, killed a kid, got some bread. And the meat he put in a, in a basket and a broth in a pot. And he brought them out there under oak tree and presented them to the angel. Look at verse 20. <laughs> See, I just can't get over this. I just can't get over how you can't see in your Bible that God wants you to be successful. I mean, it's the will of God for you. You believe the enemy, not God. What is that? Unbelief, that's what it is. Jesus. Well, we're going to mess with all that stuff tonight. We're throwing it out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hour and 20 minutes. Can I have five more minutes? Y'all okay still? Five minutes? I'm going to read this and hopefully I won't tell any more stories. (laughs) And the angel said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on a rock. Rock, rock. Hello, rock. Rock is Jesus. Hello, and he poured the broth over them. And he did so. Now, I don't you to look at verse 21. You're going to have to rip this clean out of your Bible. And the angel of the Lord reached out with the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat, the unleavened cakes. And they're flared up. Where from? From the rock. Consumed. What came out of the rock, by the way? Fire. I'm telling you, if you'll come out behind that wine press, that rock will produce some fire for you. (laughs) Do you know there's enough power in this handkerchief to destroy every devil there is in the world if God would let it out of this handkerchief? Did you know that? God is in everything. And you think you gotta go through some ritual just to get him to let you feel like you're, you love Jesus. It don't matter what you feel, man. God is here. <laughs> Jesus is here. How do you think my brothers felt standing in front of that firing squad? How do you think my pastor felt with his son dead in his arms? How do you think I felt underneath that river? How do you think people feel in those circumstances? You feel insignificant. You feel like a loser. You feel like you're an idiot for ever doing this. Why are you doing What's the matter with you? But how do you feel when you win? <laughs> good. Good. That's how you feel. You feel good. <laughs> how do I feel right now? Good. telling you, just a few months ago, I was in Brazil. It was much hotter at the equator and more steamier than it is in this room right here. Oh, yes. I had preached three times. I had seen 700 people come to Jesus in one day. I was so blessed. And then it's late. I had prayed for thousands. And the head pastor comes up to me, we've got to go to the hospital, one of our main interests is dying. The day we announced that she's coming here, she fell down with a tumor, she's in a coma.
1: But I'm tired.
0: We're going on the way home. We're just going to stop by the hospital real quick. I go up in that hospital. No screens. Hot. <laughs> Walk in that room, the smell was rough. Look at that lady, she's laying there in a coma. Brain tumor, dying. Took my handkerchief, sweaty old handkerchief. They're all talking. Just undid my handkerchief, I'm tired, I ain't doing much talking. Just laid it across her head like that. Didn't say nothing, just kept listening, just listening. All of a sudden the lady sits up. Got my handkerchief. Everybody's mouth went open. I said, can we go home now? (laughs) Problem was, there were some people around the corner that had heard us talking about the power. Well, heard them talking about the power of God. Because I'm not much, when I get tired, I'm not much on talking. I'm a lot on action. Get the job done. Hate the devil. Give Jesus the glory. This woman was begging us, please, my daughter is dying. I said, okay, let's go. Hey, we're going to be up all night anyway. Let's go. Went around the corner. Oh, man. This woman had had a baby by C-section. Got infected. She was swollen up. She was laying there nude. Swole up. It didn't look, it was unnatural. She was going to die. She was all different colors. And it was just, it was, I felt so bad for her. Oh, I felt bad for her. And that mama comes over there begging me, begging me. Show us the same power I saw back there. Please, please have mercy on my baby. And I'm just looking at her. I'm sweating, I'm just dripping, Sweat. I said, I ain't praying for her. Let's all y'all in this room get born again. That woman says to us, What's born again? So they explained it to her. She said, Oh, we'll do that. I said, I know you will. Her, the, the mama, the aunt, the couple of the uncles, everybody, they all knelt down. We led them to Jesus. The woman in pain got born again. All on, them did took my handkerchief laid it on her face in the name of Jesus be healed stood there a few minutes nothing happened reached and got my handkerchief walked out didn't say nothing didn't say goodbye didn't say nothing I was just tired okay hey, excuse me for being a human I apologize I'll say it up front I apologize but I'll tell you right now God's never tired He's never on vacation He's never gone off anywhere He's with you you may be a human, but if you love Jesus, he's with you. <laughs> I went around a corner, didn't say a word, didn't stop, didn't include anybody, just kept going. Made my way out to the truck. Just leaned up against it when they came. Got in the truck, grabbed my little Bible, just holding it, leaned up against the window. two thirty in the morning, I'm tired. I gotta preach at eight o'clock. But that's all right, that's the way it is. That's my life. That's that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. In the morning, second service, noon. Place is packed. People have come by the thousands. There's every kind of disease in that place you can think of. But there were these two ladies sitting down there on the front. One of them had a little bitty baby in her hands. Oh, yes. When we left, she deflated like a balloon. The infection left her body. The jaundice left the child. She started nursing. And they let her come to church. You know, so. Jesus. Woo! The other lady sitting beside her who had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. They looked for it all night, couldn't find it. So they had let her go too. So she made second service. Completely delivered by the blood of Jesus. All right. I'm talking about the fire of God. Now I'll close. I'm gonna read one verse to you. Because this is what we're gonna ask for. Now this is power now. I don't know what you're used to. And I absolutely don't care. Really I don't. What I care about is everybody understanding. We're coming out behind a wine press. And we're going to get the harvest God has destined for us. And we're going to fight the devils God has put out there for us to fight. And we're going to win. And we're not going to be ashamed. And we're not going to be embarrassed. And we're going to fight as one unit. Okay? Let's jump clean over to verse 34. <laughs> I just can't get over this verse. This thing owns me. I love this verse. This, see, well, first of all, you got to read verse 33. It says, All the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people of the east came together and crossed the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. You're talking about thousands of people up against a puny army. But you got to consider God in the equation. See, that's where my enemies always make the mistake. They underestimate the God of the man. They only look at the man and see what an easy target. Just like you're doing. You're underestimating the power of God. That makes me a (laughs) wonder. People ask me all the time, how do y'all win so many battles? Cause we're always underestimated. Always. Cause we only go two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of us. And there's hosts of hell against us. They just sneer at us. And we just stand and look at them. Cause of verse 34, you see. Verse 34 is for you. I came all this way to tell you this. I got fire on me. It's running up and down me right now. (laughs) Boy, I'm so glad the demon messed with me. I get so serious. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Glad Tidings Church. (laughs) The Spirit of the Lord clothed you city. The Spirit of the Lord clothed California. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord clothed the United States of America. Do you understand God's big enough? You've got to let him be big enough. Get out behind that wine press. Look what this says. I'm reading out of the Amplified. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself. And took possession of Him. <laughs> See, I get that privilege quite often. God possesses me. <laughs> totally. I go somewhere. I don't even know where I go. But God takes over. Do you know I've been in services where I can look at the crowd and there's nothing you've ever done that's hid from me? <laughs> you want to wait. I hope He does it tonight. I'm going to scare the living daylights out of you. I'm going to laugh at you and you're going to run. But you ain't going to make it. The Holy Ghost is going to get you. <laughs> See, when the Spirit of God clothes you, when the Spirit of God possesses you, something happens to you. You get one of them horns. You come out behind that wine press. You look at the hordes of hell and you just blow a a tune right in their face.
1: It's
0: just amazing. The change, it'll come over you. I've been all over the world and I haven't found a demon that can stop God yet. I'm not kidding you. I've been on a long journey here. I didn't just come out here, first class, in a real nice jet, going to speak to you for three days, two to three services, whatever it is, and fly back. I've been going for 35,000 miles, driving most of it, flying the other parts. And let me tell you something. There ain't a devil out there that can stop the Holy Ghost. You get out from behind that wine press. Do you hear me? That meager bit you're, you're winnowing out is not what God's best is for you. It's the will of God for you to stand forth and blow the trumpet. Sound the alarm. Look in the devil's eye and rebuke him. Stand up with me.